Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nights and Weekends podcast, episode 51. Hey, this is Ken Wallace, and I just wanted to apologize for the long hiatus. Craig and I recorded this episode in the middle of December, and it was on my shoulders to get it out there, and I have failed in that respect. It's really kind of tough to actually sit down and edit this uh, episode and put it out there because... Uh, a bit of, a, of what we're saying in this episode talks about our goals for the end of the year 2016. And in my case, all of it's a failure. And um, we talk about what we're looking forward to doing early in the year in 2017. And so far, um, I have failed in those goals too. So if any of you know anything about editing podcasts, you know that you got to listen to it a few times, right? So not only did we record the episode, but I got to sit down and rub my nose in it two or three times before it actually goes out the door which contributed a bit to the delay getting longer and longer. Every day they went by that I didn't get this out there, it became more and more painful to sit down and remember all the shit that I didn't get done. So um, with that said, we did promise that this this podcast would be a, a candid and revealing look into the struggle that we all kind of share as we are working on our businesses in nights and weekends. So with that said, I think it's important to put this out there Knowing that these are failures, knowing that I didn't hit the mark on certain things, I think I'm still true to the goals. I still am striving to get uh, the things done that I said I would. But just as you're listening, um, take the dates mentioned with a grain of salt. There are many reasons for why this episode is so late and getting to your earbuds. But um, uh, just realize I'm not trying to make excuses. I just want to share the reasons because there are always reasons there's never an excuse for not hitting your goals so i'm going to forgo the um normal intro and outro music on this episode it's going to be really raw and uh that way i have very little excuse for for not getting this out there as quickly as possible so with all that being said without further ado here is episode 51 of the nights and weekends podcast and um thanks thanks for your time I uh, had unplugged my microphone to plug something else in. So it was like a comedy of errors. So it yeah. led, led me to um, spilling a mug of coffee all over my keyboard. Oh, that's not, that's <laughs> not excellent. <laughs> so, so I'm running on like uh, four hours of sleep here. And, oh, no. Uh, what happened? Well, my son got up in the middle of the night, like at 2 a.m., and then just oh, could not no. be persuaded to go back to sleep. Mm. Anyway, so I've been up with him since, since then. And... Um, so coffee was pretty important to me today. So I've got a huge mug of coffee here. Yeah. Do you have Do you have one of these mugs that like keep coffee hot for like nine hours? I dislike that. I used to like when I was traveling a lot in the uh-huh. car. I used to, and uh, I I dislike the ones that keep it too hot because it burns my tongue. Exactly. So I have a Starbucks branded mug, and like after like an hour, the coffee's always really cold. So I'm like, well, fuck this. I'm gonna go get a, a mug. And so I look on Amazon. The reviews say this. Stanley mug keeps things cold for like eight hours. It's amazing, right? So I got and buy one. My son was up late last night, so I'm I'm running like four hours of sleep. So I make a nice, you know, big pot of coffee. I fill up my my mug here, and um, and then every time I go to drink out of it, it's too fucking hot, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it's like holy first world problems here. And you drink your coffee black, like yeah, that that doesn't help matters. Yeah, right. Yep. So it's just scalding my mouth, and it's just black coffee scalding my mouth. So I, I have an old, like, McDonald's paper cup laying here. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pour a little bit before I pick up the phone with Craig. I'm going to pour a little bit in this mug here just so I can sip some coffee. And um, you and I were trying to get connected, and I realized 
the second time through that the, the problem is on my end that I had disconnected my microphone from the USB port on the back of my Mac Mini. Mm. So I grab the cord, I reach across my desk to plug it in, knock over the paper cup of coffee all over my, my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, man. So I'm in a great frame of mind right now. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, I'm uh, so I'm experimenting on you this week. I have a, a headset mic I'm using. Sounds great. For the first time. Uh, it's just the second time. But uh, yeah, so let me know or listeners, let us know what you think. Uh, I, I'm enjoying very much being able to move around. Uh, so like I could stand up if I wanted to because it's Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm interested to hear uh, when we go back to edit it, how it sounds. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's great. You don't have to be three inches from the mic all the time. Yeah, it sounds great. And uh, I'm tethered. I have like my crappy, you know, iOS white earbuds in. And uh, I have a really nice mic, but the earbuds, I'm kind of tethered to the desk here. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up when I would travel before, I would have to take my earbuds and my uh, my Audio-Technica mic with a stand. Yeah. And and the cord. So now I have like the little dongle that's like the size of a USB stick and my heads, my headphones, which are like any kind of over the ear headphones now. So, yeah, if it goes good, I'm I'm very much in the good enough um, yeah. mindset right now. So good enough is much more important than and getting the content right is much more important than sounding like whatever. Yep, I agree. So speaking of a content, what are we talking about this week? Ah, so I have something I want to talk about. So I am, uh, so I, I know you and I had talked that uh, offline. So we acquired, we Podcast Motor acquired the WordPress plugin Seriously Simple Podcasting. If you go into WordPress.org and type in podcast in the search bar, it's the first thing that pops up. So it's a, it's a, a plugin that allows you to sort of host and manage your podcast and podcast feed from WordPress is great so you and i use powerpress on on the the on this site for yeah. this show yeah uh this this does exactly the same thing the only difference being uh it for whatever reason it's maybe not quite as popular um but does exactly the same thing it also doesn't currently have the back-end hosting support that uh that powerpress has with the blueberry hosting platform got it seriously simple podcasting does things a lot more simply there's not a thousand and one options like PowerPress op- offers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but, but what, it, what it sort of brings to, to mind is that as a business, we are diversifying pretty strongly into products at this point. So we have the theme and the plugin, uh, the, the podcast player that we released over the summer, which are doing okay. They're not doing as well as I'd like, but, but honestly, I haven't put a ton of, time and energy into marketing them. Mm-hmm. But with this, I mean, this pod, this plugin has, it's free right now, but it has like almost 20,000 active installs. Yeah. And is a really good opportunity to focus the business strongly into the product space. So, so the, the discussion is how do you keep your service business going and happy while at the same time shifting more of the focus to products? both in terms of, of my attention and money and uh, resources, you know, whatever that means, yeah. um, to, to be able to do both well. Um, and I think if you look at productized services in general, uh, many of them are at least adding strong uh, education and software product arms to their businesses. And if you look at like LeadFuse, which is probably the most mature at this point out of the, the ones that we would know, it's it's pretty strongly to to the product side of things. So yeah, 
just an interesting uh it was an interesting opportunity for this to come along um and now kind of trying to figure out what to do with it and and how to add the product into into the mix and and over time shift that focus so the product it's fairly mature or is there still a bunch of development that has to go on no i mean it's fully baked yeah i mean it's uh, the guy who developed it works for automatic now. So, I mean, it's rock solid. Yeah. I mean, we, we get almost no real bugs in, in, you know, our support queue. It's, you know, Hey, why can't I one the other day? Why can't my, uh, my editors, you know, like the WordPress user category of editor Uh change the, change the plugin settings. Got it. That's not what an editor does. That's what an admin does in WordPress. You know, so it's that kind of stuff like those kind of, uh, things in, in, in support. But now, but now the 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 task is it's it's a free plugin right now. So how do you how do you add things onto it uh, and get people to pay for it? And then how do you, how do I, from a business perspective, move to to that being you know at least a bigger part, if not the the big part of of our focus? Yeah, I'm, I'll be curious to hear your progress on that. On, in one sense, you could look at your support queue and say what are, what features are causing us a lot of support hassle. You know, are some of these something that can be moved into a premium? tier like grandfather and the current users but everybody after a certain date goes into a you know they have to pay mm-hmm. to get access to those features because we know those features typically breed questions and then on top of that anything else that we add to the to the program would be you know a premium tier yeah that's it no you're 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 definitely barking up the the same tree i was at least is that there's several things that people ask about and i think adding those into a premium offering would would make some sense um yeah. But then also look at what's out there already and say, <clears throat> you know, PowerPress, PowerPress slash Blueberry does does this way. What we, you and I talk about, like, you know, copying a lot uh, offline. Why not just do the same thing they're doing and just go head to head with them? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't see any reason why the, the market and the business model is validated for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I tend to that angle. Uh, probably both creating a premium version of the plugin with some really cool styling and, and things like we have built into our other products yeah. um, like lead, lead capture and stuff and then adding hosting right off the back of you know what would be like the wordpress admin so that's pretty cool the hurdle you have there is that you as you said earlier blueberry is so much more complicated than the product that you have so you, you know you don't want to copy everything otherwise you've you know you've you've killed that um, unique selling proposition yeah yep yeah so i shit i don't know it's a it's a cool uh, a cool opportunity to get into a really established product. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not making any money, but I think the the path to making money with it is decently clear. Right. Um, Quite a few installs. Oh yeah, like yeah, like twenty thousand. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm excited for you, man. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to see uh, how the how it progresses over the next you know what are a few months. I would like to get some sort of premium version out there pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. Just to to test the waters and and see, um, I can see like always development takes longer and costs more than you think it will. But yeah, yeah, cool. So, right on, right on, man. And I'm I'm back in the U.S., which is it's nice. We're in Florida right now visiting family for for Christmas, so right. it's it's good times. Yeah. Are you guys having a so, cold snap down there? We had uh, yesterday's high was like negative four or something like that. Hmm. No, it's uh, oh, it was like sixty-five today, but it was uh, eighty something yesterday. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy here. But oh man, yeah, 
So, so do you guys get to go skiing much? Like with with all that cold weather, is there any decent skiing around you? There is up north. So up in Wisconsin, there's a few. I mean, it's it. Let's be honest, it's not like mountain skiing, but um, mm-hmm. there's some pretty good hills. I should call them. Um, they call them mountains, but they're really not mountains. Um, so there's a there's a skiing resort up in Wisconsin that we go to, Granite Peak. Um, there's a couple up in Michigan that we go to. Um, every, you know, over President's Day weekend, um, we, we take a four day weekend with a group of college buddies and we do a ski trip. Um, so that's always fun. Something we look forward to every, every winter kind of to break it up. Yeah. Um, I am not the best skier. Um, skiing doesn't bother me as much as the chairlift does. Um, mm. but, uh, I do enjoy the time on the slopes and, and usually where there's a ski resort, there's usually like. Like the one we go to, they have at, at night, they open up a few hills to, um, they have like this huge tubing run with a bunch of jumps and stuff in it. So you're sitting in these huge inner tubes and it's, it's a blast. But, uh, yeah, I tried uh, snowboarding one year and, uh, you know, I had to call off a couple of days of work sick after that, but right. <laughs> just to sit in the hot tub and soothe my aches and pains away. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, I am not what you would call a skier, but we do go skiing. We do hit, we do every year gotcha gotcha yeah it's uh it's just it snowed yesterday i guess back in france so we're starting to get the base for the winter i think it's supposed to snow often on the next couple days so uh yeah should be interesting once we get back to to get to go skiing a little bit um yeah i know a little bit of skiing but uh, we have big snow tiny conf europe in about a month so four, four weeks i guess so gotta get my gotta get my skis under me a few times before we go out there for two days straight yeah you don't want to you don't want to look like a schmo you know yeah you don't want to uh, yard sale your first time out right have that be right. your, your legacy yeah. yeah yeah that's actually the last run i did i think i ended uh i hit a tree crotch first and uh, then my face hit it and then uh everybody nice. was laughing at me like a uh, little there's like a seven-year-old skiing with his dad his dad was helping him with some kind of technique and it was funny because <clears throat> When you learn skiing, they they teach you the French fry pizza slice technique, you know. Yep. And uh, so I'm pizza slicing my way down this pretty what I think is like death hill, and it's you know like the easiest hill, and uh, well not the easiest, not the bunny slope, but there's you know on one of the the hills that you have to actually take you know the ski lift to. And I'm coming down pretty slowly. My wife is getting kind of angry because she's a really good skier, and she's I'm just like go ahead, honey. And uh, this kid zooms past me. Um, behind his dad. His dad was skiing backwards without poles. Wow. He's got a helmet wow. on, but no poles, skiing backwards in front of his kid. And his kid's got no poles, just a helmet on, arms tucked in. And they're, they're, and he's talking to him and <laughs> it's just like the most leisurely thing to these people. And, uh, and then the kid fell down like right in front of me. And in, in my effort to avoid him, I veered off the slide of slope and ran into the trees and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm just going to get some hot cocoa. I'll be at the right. lodge. Let's right. I'll this. be at the bar. Don't yeah. don't mind me. I'll just be at the bar. <laughs> These people are skiing without poles. You know? Yeah. It's yep. the world coming to. Anyway. Nice. Nice. Um, so last time we talked, I think you were looking at getting the new Mastermind Jam uh, software product out the door by the end of the year. Yeah. Inching closer to that. Um, yeah. So good. Since, since the last time we talked, um, some progress, yes, but not not as much as I'd hoped. But um, I'm going to buckle down here in the next few days and just really make some inroads. Um, 
what I'm more concerned about is I'm going to eat up so much time testing and coding that I don't work on the marketing. Mm. So mm-hmm. at po- some point, I'm just going to have to um, bite the bullet and really assess where I'm at, spend some time in the marketing, and then market whatever I've got and then come back to the coding. You know what I mean? So if that means yeah. I launch on January 3rd instead of, you know, on New Year's Day or whatever, okay, so be it. Um, so that's that's what I've got kind of looming behind me. Yeah, yeah. What um, interesting? What kind of marketing stuff do you have planned, uh, just in your head at least? Well, I have um, quite a big list of, of people to announce it to and kind of warm up to the idea of it. Um, about fifteen hundred people on that list, and uh, I would like to. <clears throat> and that's through like Friday Dispatches or Friday Dispatch Mastermind Jam. So those two okay. things to combined. Your, your standard launch launch sequence, just to, to warm up curiosity about the product, um, highlight the problems that it solves. You know, link to um, sales page that's going to have um, a pretty simple video sales letter with me talking through it and explaining the problems it solves. Almost like almost like a recorded webinar, but shorter and faster paced. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think everybody knows what a video sales letter is. And then um, just to nurture a list of people to sign up for early access to that so that I can just start onboarding, you know, beta people into that. Yeah. And just see how it goes and, you know, tweak as, as we go. But so, so first off, it's, it's really going to be existing customers or past customers that I'm going to launch this to first. And before I, you know, take out Facebook ads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a wide, wide range of marketing stuff to do after that, but that'll be after the new year. Gotcha. So kind gotcha. of a, you know, kind of a soft launch, if, the, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm striving for right now. So here's a question for you. It came up, uh, I saw a Founder Cafe post on this the other day. Someone wanting to really, I want to say learn email, but really sort of master email marketing uh, through like autoresponders and stuff. Um, I just read The Invisible Selling Machine. I think you mentioned it last time we were talking. It's the yeah. uh, Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer. Fantastic. I mean, just really, really fantastic about the 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 logic that goes through the different uh, uh, email series that a customer should go through. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just really kind of made a lot of sense. And I thought about afterwards, I, I kind of looked at what we do with Podcast Motor. We have, we have one real campaign that all of our new people go through. It's like a you know, a course on how to do a podcast. Um, but that's, that's not the point really. The point should be like, one, what, what are they there for? And, and you should send them a campaign specific to the reason they opted in. So is it like a general one, like they opted in just on the website or did they opt in from like a content upgrade that was about a B or C, then you need to send them a campaign, B campaign or C campaign. Right. Uh, and then you need to move them from like indoctrination to selling a little bit to, uh, to sort of following up if they dropped off and then back into segmentation. So send them a, 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 another campaign just to, to get them back into the beginning of the email series and funnels again. Right. So, I mean, that's a 20 second review of the book, but so that, that was a really good book for, for sort of generally how to, to do email marketing, I thought, and how to do funnels. But the question from founder cafe was if you really wanted to learn how to how to market on email. I think it's more of like an email copywriting question is how I interpret it. Who who would you go to? I didn't have a good answer. What would you say? I would sign up for the email list of Josh Earl. He was one of our guests um, yeah. many episodes mm-hmm. ago. Um, mm-hmm. So he sends out a daily email um, 
it's maybe six or seven hundred words on this topic alone and and um it's it's fantastic fantastic um in addition there is material from um brian harris on how to structure a launch email campaign on his site over at video fruit um and also his email list but uh he's actually got like you know email swipe files and things that you can download um for launches that he's done mm-hmm. um so those those are the resources I've been leaning on, uh, along with the the you know the content over a digital marketer and you know sites like that. But um, <clears throat> really, that's that's what I've been that's what I've been leaning on so far. Now, my like when you sign up for a content upgrade for my blog, um, you get the content upgrade. I send one other email. Like I I do a horrible job. I don't do any nurturing right now. And then what I do is I feed all those people into the Friday Dispatch. Which is, you know, like a weekly, just keeping it warm. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, you know, to be honest, the whole point at the start of the Friday dispatch was I needed a way to keep all of that warm without really sitting down and thinking through all the complexity that goes into all these different funnels that you just, just described. Right. Right. Cause I wanted right. to spend the time really thinking through customer success and why they would buy my product and how to, you know, how to, to nurture them into higher engagement with the product and, and retention if I ever get a subscription product going and things like that. And I just didn't want to spend the brain sugar at that moment on how to nurture somebody from taking this PDF ebook and, and then coming back and buying stuff. So I just put them into this, you know, every weekly newsletter, which is not often enough to, you know, anger somebody that they unsubscribe, but it gives them enough value that they remember me and associate me with, you know, um, Mastermind Jam and the service that they signed up for it once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been my way of, of keeping the list warm. So I'm not worried about, um, you know, there being a mass, you know, um, spam report or unsubscription um, uh, movement once I start sending out a launch sequence. Um, the people that wanted to unsubscribe already have, um, hopefully. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I can absolutely do a better job of that. I'm sure, I'm sure we all could. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy though, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, if you think about, uh, so for podcast motor, we have, we have three different customers, really three different customer personas mm-hmm. and we have four or five reasons people would opt in to, to, so you, so you automatically have eight email series you have to do, and then you have to set up the funnels and the one-off uh, you know, like the segmentation email funnel is is a whole nother one, right? Uh, or campaign, I guess, not a funnel. But yeah, I mean, so on the flight over here, we had, I had seven hours to to mess around with all this stuff. So I read the book, and it took like two hours or something. So I started typing out emails and stuff, and it, it's a lot to it's a lot to think about. It's no surprise that myself included, for sure, so many of us do about a half ass job of of setting up one campaign and sending everyone through it. Uh, because that's like the one that's most obvious. Yeah. But but to really get the int- intricacies of it, even with something like drip and visual workflows, um, yeah, it's it's complicated. And uh, you can spend a lot of time on it. You can spend a ton of time on this. Like that, you know, Invisible Selling Machine. It's not a, a long book, right? And and there's some online resources that you can go and download after you've read the book or, you know, for specific chapters. But let me flip to the last page here. How many? 171 or two pages? 170 two pages including the about the author stuff yeah that's not a long business book right and it's pretty big font um and if you have the kindle book it's 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 really it's you know probably one of the shortest business books i have on my shelf here and it's the one i go back to most often mm-hmm. um because there's just it's, there's just so much there and i understand fully how this can become a full-time job right 
<clears throat> I also, you know, you and I were talking about some productized service ideas the other day. I think this could be an interesting productized service uh, to to build email funnels for people. Yeah. And, and optimize them over time. That would be the, you know, the, the upfront would be, you know, hey, okay, five grand to set up your, all of your funnels, and then five hundred bucks a month to to go in and optimize them. Yeah, that's it's such a that that would be a tri- tricky productized service in my opinion. Like somebody like Josh Earl, that's their um, that's how they make money is um, consulting on email um, campaign optimization, right? And it can get really involved depending on the the depth and the breadth of your product offerings, right? Oh so, yeah, you definitely have to price it to where all of because you'd have to understand someone's business really well. Oh yeah, and see that's half half of the the battle there is learning somebody's business. Like, are you selling coffee beans or are you selling you know? Um, you know, recycled automotive parts or, I mean, what is it you're trying to sell over email? Is it even mm-hmm. possible to sell that thing over email? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to quantify that. I, 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 you know, you definitely see tons of people offering this as, as a consulting service and a lot of agencies have been built up because they get good at this and they have a process for it. But, um, <clears throat> I think there are parts of it that could be productized, you know, and you do see those like, um, well, maybe not so much the email part, but you, you, there's so many different marketing tasks and tactics that, that are out there that get productized. Mm-hmm. So um, I think an, another op- option that would that comes out of all of the, of the amazing knowledge in this book is um, the opportunity to do marketing through, you know, just a small software tool. Like we were talking about uh, a few weeks ago of, you know, somebody mentions how they would set up a spreadsheet in order to track their ROI for a marketing campaign. Well, you could just make a little mini app that maybe it's free or maybe it's a, you know, a buck or whatever, just to help people do that very specific thing, just as a way for you to kind of market through services, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a lot of opportunities like that in a book like this and, and what he does. Now, if you look in uh, a lot of the stuff that, uh, Russell Brunson talks about and, and teaches in his book, uh, dot com secrets. And then he's got another one uh, coming out. I think it's called expert secrets. Um, and then he's got a um, a course that's uh, Funnel Hackers University, where it's you know email and online basically sales funnels. Mm, uh, interesting. And, and they get really complicated. And, and as part of that subscription, you get is it weekly or, or bi monthly, something like that. Well, anyway, he emails you or, or not email actually mails you printed out copies of funnels that he's analyzed with like you know wireframes of how the funnel works and examples of it and. Um, why it works, what the psychology is behind it. So there's actually like course materials that get, you know, lumpy mailed to you in the U.S. in the U.S. mail. So it's it's a pretty good value. I think that's I can't remember the prices. I want to say it's like sixty five bucks a month or something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, that's decent. Yeah, yeah. I did that for a while. It was a lot of great learning. And then the, that comes with a, a Facebook group where, man, I got to send you these links. Um, for the last two days, these guys have been just. I'm sure it's going to lead up to like a sales pitch at some point, but uh, there's a guy over at uh, metrics, metricsdrivenmarketer.com um, where he takes like the art of, of creating Facebook ads and doing Facebook ad campaigns and gives you like a whole spreadsheet where you can measure the ROI um, of your spend and how to really properly look at what it is you're, you're, you're spending money on. Um, and then let's see the website. Yeah, metric. Singular metric driven marketer.com. Mm. Um, so he did, and then he's got another one where it does a webinar funnel ROI calculator. 
So if you've got an email campaign that leads to a webinar, um, he gives you tools to get through that. Um, anyways, um, but um, through, through the ClickFunnels circle, I've got a ton of knowledge. That way, I, I forgot to mention them earlier. ClickFunnels has been huge, um, not just for email um, sequences, though, because the way Russell talks through all his stuff is, you know, the email sequence is only part of the funnel. You know, it's a big part of the funnel, but you know, there's there's follow-on stuff too that you can that you can concentrate on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting thinking about what we're kind of circling back a little bit, thinking about what we're looking to do with Podcast Motor. I mean, we, I, I've, I've copped out a little bit of saying, oh, we, we can't do sort of funnel optimization and funnel, real conventional funnel marketing with our service because I feel like very few people you're going to sell on spending five or eight hundred dollars a month to get their podcast edited and produced. But um, a lot more people you would convinced to spend 50 or 100 bucks one time or $10 a month on on something. So I, I feel like uh, this sort of like funnels and email marketing and stuff like that is is going to be more applicable to yeah. some, something like a WordPress plugin. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how when we get this stuff built out and start really selling it, uh, my perception of, of all that with our business changes, I guess. Yeah. Another free resource for some good email templates is over at Thrive Thrive Themes. So in their blog, they, they go through a lot of some really great email outreach templates that might drive traffic back to your, you know, a landing page or something that you're working on. So that's that's another resource we could link up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like even, you know, like ClickFunnels, they added a product called um, Actionetics and uh, another product called Backpack into their offering. So ClickFunnels is kind of like lead pages. It helps you make a um, a funnel backpack is a CRM system and action addicts is a lot like drip where it gives you a visual workflow of your, uh, email sequence and your, um, um, interactions with people through their life cycle of the funnel. Um, and you see a lot more people doing it. You know, I'm surprised like thrive hasn't done that yet. Um, um yeah, but, um, yeah, you're, you're seeing a lot more people do it. Yeah, I mean it's it's real powerful. You have, you you, know, you read the the books like Invisible Selling Machine, and you're like, oh, that's just like the best business ever. <laughs> you set up the funnels once, and you you build some whatever a course or some books or whatever, and buy Facebook ads and just go off into the sunset. Yeah. I'm sure it's not that easy, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. We talked about it before. I think that learning the skill of marketing is universal to 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 apply to almost anything you do. So I think these are all really valuable things to, to spend your time and money focusing on. And I hope that this is the chance for me to apply it to something um, and really learn kind of learn the ways of the force so that <laughs> it's something well, it's so that somebody can take with it me forever, you know, to, to yeah. other ventures and stuff. Because I have a lot of other shit I want to do, too. Well, I find that everything I failed at is because I failed on the marketing side. Right. Yeah. I feel like I can, I can put together a pretty decent website and landing page. I feel that um, I'm pretty good at interviewing customers and finding out what people need and, and, and the language that they use to describe their problem. What I'm really bad at is marketing. <laughs> You're getting the so word it's out. It's funny though, right? Yeah. And driving traffic to an, to to a product that can actually help people. Like um, once I get the, the product up on the web, um, it just feels like, I don't know, I'm, I'm mentally exhausted or whatever. And I just like, okay. It's out there. Hopefully, people find it. <laughs> you know, and the act, you know the reality is, getting the product out there was only like ten percent of the work. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hear that from a lot of developers um, that you know the easy part is building the tool, the hard part is figuring out the marketing. As a non-developer, yeah. I I think oh, the development has to be so hard. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't. We haven't really quote marketed a lot with podcast motor. So many, still, so many of our our leads and stuff come through word of mouth and referral. Yeah. Um, can I? Well, I can tell you from the coder side of it, the the ability to code, is, you know, an app or software for any reason, it's a huge distraction from the wheels that turn the business, right? Mm. Like there are so many avenues for distraction in making software. Um, I sent you a series of blog posts that just happened up on, on medium and, um, they're, they're like on the front page of hacker news now. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, but it's basically, um, you know, how to, as a solo founder, make a SAS and make it work, you know, and you know, two thirds of what he's written so far has only been about marketing, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, you know, we know you love pretty code. You you want the opportunity to use the latest and greatest technology, you know, but all your customer really cares about is a product that solves a problem. They don't give a shit about your code. They don't care how pretty it is. They don't care how maintainable it is. They, they don't care about any of this. They care about the product. They care about um, their outcome, you know, and it's, it's, it's a really good lesson that bears repeating over and over again. Cause me as a developer, you know, from nine to five every day, I'm, I'm worried about those other things that are so distracting to an op- entrepreneur, but are so important to somebody who's like, you know, hip deep in code for a living. So it's, yeah, it's actually like, you know, a complete 180 shift. You got to turn off your, your coder brain, you know, and just say, okay, um, how do I validate that people want this? How do I validate that this is the words they use to describe their problem? How do I get, you know, five or 10 or 20 people to say, hell yes, take my money. Those are the things I've always struggled with. I, I know that, you know, a lot of people who are not programmers who are listening to this have to be like, no, no, no. You know, it's so hard to find a technical co-founder and all those things. But really, you know, there's so many ways these days in the world that we live in and with all these apps that come out that make this easier. There's so many ways to, to stand up a, um, a straw man just to validate that people will pay you for um, having that problem solved. Yeah. Um, you can you can do that, you know. <laughs> Hell, the first six months of Mastermind Jam were that, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's it's so easy to do that just to validate, and then and then get a developer on board later. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I um I think you and I talked offline that you know with this with this plugin, I'm gonna I, I was tempted to learn not just PHP but WordPress, and yeah, bought a book on it, and pretty quickly it was like, wow, this is just the 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 canyon that I'm about to throw myself into is, is vast. I mean, it's not, it's not just like learning Laravel. It's, it's twice as hard or something. I mean, it's, it's how it seems to me is that it's just so much harder to, to learn how to do WordPress well than, than regular coding that yeah. I just don't, I don't I'm not even going to try. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we have a line on a, a developer for, for what we're looking to do. And, and I mean, yeah, it's nice to not have that as an option, you know? In my head, I just say my job is to sell this and have someone else build it, and hopefully, it doesn't cost very much money. So, what's your? Um, do you have? Do you have any more time to talk here? I don't want to run you. Yeah, yeah. Here. No, I'm good. I'm good. Just wanted to do a little uh, outlook for 2017. What's 2017 like? You know, first couple quarters of 2017 looking like for you? So, you know, not to not to uh, foreshadow too much, but but really, uh, podcast motor will become. Uh, over the course of the year will become a product first business. Hopefully that's our goal. That's my goal. Um, you know, I think products is where 
a lot of, and I'll say most, but a lot of businesses go uh, over time. And I think this is our opportunity to do that within the podcasting space. I mean, this is a proven business model and market uh, that that we have a really nice path into now. And I think we can kind of copy some of the good things and the bad things that other people are doing. Um, it, it seems like a clear direction for the business. Uh, the service is not going anywhere, but uh, you know, the goal is for the service to, to partially fund the product for a while. And maybe over time we'll just get more selective about the people that we, we take on as service customers. Uh-huh. Um, I think that that seems to be the the smart thing is is to continue providing service to to the really good fits the the businesses and the entre- the successful entrepreneurs who understand what what good audio quality coming in is and what the expectation for them to get back back out is um, because I think I think that part of our business is sound um, but but I think that I would. This is silly. I would just like to run a product business. You know, I've run a service business for a long time now, like almost two years, and it's great and it's fine. It's it's paid a lot of bills and and done a lot of good for our employees. But um, when I look at a little bit like stability and long term uh, viability of a business, it, it's in products, and that's in my head, and that's probably baseless. But um, it's my business. So that's what. Yeah. That's what we. That's what I want to do. So yeah. that's that's kind of over, over the course of the year. I think the focus will go more and more towards the products. Got it. So yeah, I don't know. What do you think about uh, 2017? I'm going to do a little more. Um, um, should I say exploring? So you know, I do agree that products are more stable than a product I service, which is in my mind. I know the details are intricate here, but. I feel that there's like a, a spectrum here, like freelancing where you're just hoping to get a contract. That's one thing. If you have a consulting firm, um, you know, like Scott Yule um, with uh, Purpose Built Software, and you're keeping full-time equivalents busy all the time on hourly work um, or project-based work, that's kind of a, the next level of stability. And then if you had a productized service on top of that, okay, at least the work is, you know, predictable, and you can staff up to that, and it's a little bit more scalable. And then you add a product on top of that. And depending on the nature of the product, you know, it may or may not be any more um, scalable or stable than your product-based service business would be. You know, if it's a one-time sale where every month on the first you start at zero um, and you got to rely on your marketing funnel or your webinar funnel or your, you know, Facebook ads or, you know, Google ads or um, email marketing to to pan out for you by the end of the month, um, that's a little stressful every month. If it's a subscription kind of a product... Um, that's a different story too. And then once you're talking about subscription products, you know, what is that? Is it a subscription coaching? Is that, you know, is it a community people are paying to be a part of that where there's a high churn that they are only going to stick around three to six months? Or is it something where there's a high stickiness to it, where it's business critical, like a SaaS, where they're going to stick around for, you know, a year or 18 months, um, average lifetime. So, um, I don't know. There's also a spectrum of difficulty there, right? You know, I could... I could just get some business cards printed up tomorrow and just be, you know, Ken Wallace consultant, you know, and then start from there. Yeah. Um, that takes like no work to set that up, but to set up the SAS on the other end of the spectrum is, it's so difficult. So, um, I guess it depends, you know, next year, if you, if you want to explore more products, um, you're in a, you're in a good spot because you've got hopefully by now some revenue consistency, you know, what your lifestyle costs you, you know, to stay, to stay where you live, to put the kids in the schools that you have them in, you know what all that costs you. So know, you know what your, your net is, um, and how much you can afford to, 
to siphon toward your product endeavor. Um, my problem here is you also have an advantage that, you know, a lot of people don't have is, you know, the, the freedom of time to think about it. Um, uh, that's one thing that I consistently, um, that consistently scrambles my efforts is just, there's no consistency in time or effort around my life. Um, so that's one huge thing I want to focus on in, um, 2017. But that said, I'd also like to see if there's another kind of business model or another product in 2017 that is a better fit for where I am right now in my life um, than what I've been trying to build with Mastermind Jam. Mm. So, what do you specifically, what do you mean by that? Well, <clears throat> I, I keep seeing, you know, my wife and I will point out, you know, for sale um, ads that we see from Empire, um, well, it used to be Empire Flippers, what do they call it now? But, yeah, Empire Flippers. Yeah, yeah, and then FE International, all these different brokers that send you emails and say, hey, there's a really good listing. There's an Amazon affiliate site in the sports niche. Put your deposit down to see the details. And and you look at it, and it's like, why can't we do that? You know, they just, you know, tried, you know, eight or nine different products until they found one that was actually a reasonable um, seller. And it makes, you know, it throws off four or 5000 a month. And they put all the six or seven hours into that. And then they can, you know, expand from there, use that money to expand in other areas. Um, why can't I do that? I'm dumb enough to, to stumble into something like that. Um, and those are things that are, con you know, continually being built and sold. It's like, you see, it, you know, it's not one of those first mover things where you kind of had to be there when it all started. Mm -hmm. So like, you'll see a business that was built last December being sold you know, this December for anywhere from 35,000 to six figures. And you're like, what the shit, you know, I've been working over, you know, longer than that on this, um, this project. And <laughs> I can barely keep the business making two, two grand a month. You know, what am I doing wrong here? Maybe it's just not a good founder fit for what I'm attempting to do here. Maybe even if I executed it perfectly, it still is not a good fit for, you know, the kind of the season of life I'm in. So I'm open to kind of think more about that. And I don't really have a good objective way to do it yet. It's all very subjective and, you know, touchy-feely. But um, anyway, I'm open to some other business ideas. And I've, I've bounced a few of those off to, to you. And I, I've got one now that I've, I've been emailing people about and, and talking to people about. Not that I'm ready to jump off the Mastermind Jam train yet. It's just it's the, cons the consistent um, stress it's putting on me to to accomplish goals with it i just i can't help but think maybe i need to find something that's a better fit with where i'm at right now what i have to offer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does any of that sound <laughs> at all no yeah <laughs> no totally i mean i have uh i have a lot of conversations with people you know in the online business world just just uh, it's funny i've been having just a lot of conversations with people lately and uh one of them was about this exactly it is someone built a, a nice productized service uh and then one day they just turned it on its head and made it an affiliate business yeah and you know i think about that with podcast motor like i, I think we have a, a an opportunity to pivot what we do into a product but we could easily add affiliate and and co-marketing agreements to to what we do and yeah i mean i don't know yeah the the complexity of my business a lot of times leads me to say, yeah, why, <laughs> is there something else I can do that would, it would take less time and have less people dependent on me? Um, like you're saying, and I could make the same amount of money. Uh, and then what else could I do? You know, cause if you, ha if I have all of my time and you have all, you know, whatever amount of time you have, you want to be the most efficient you have, you yeah. know? 
Yeah. I mean, I have, I have all day, every day, but I want to do other shit too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think long term, I, I think you're absolutely right that, um, certainly SaaS is not the only way to, to make a living and is probably the hardest way. Well, you're Compared. a ray of, you're a ray of sunshine there. <laughs> yeah, no, what, I, I mean, but I agree. I agree a hundred percent. You know, that's, that's, and, and, and you're, you, you have a SaaS with a marketplace component. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to, not to be Debbie Downer. Um, it's tough, man. Yeah. And you know, I, um, the times that I do get to work on my business, I, I am, it's almost like if I know a day in advance that, I, that tomorrow I'll have eight hours to work on Mastermind Jam, I'm almost, um, paralyzed with anxiety of what to do at that time. Oh, interesting. Does, does that make any, just the sense of, you know, Stellian Heaton did an episode on overwhelm. It's exactly where mm-hmm. I get. I get in this headspace of, okay, at the end of the eight, eight hours, I should be finished, right? I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, proportionally, that's more time in one block than I normally get in a whole week. And I get it all in one day. Are you kidding me? I should get so much progress done. And I get there. And then, like, every minute that goes by that I'm not making massive progress, you know, um, feels like I'm failing more and more as the minutes go by. And I get, like, this weird stacking effect that goes on. And then I have to just, like, fucking stand up and go take a walk and get back to it and and you know actually i'll get a post uh, post a note and i'll just write down okay what is the one thing you need to do in the next 30 minutes and i'll just take it one little thing at a time and at the end i look at the post-it notes and i i actually force myself to congratulate myself on the the finished post-it notes does that any of that make sense it sounds like a lot of machinations to not you know get depressed about stuff but uh what it helps me do is just to stay conscious of the fact that you know, it's just eight hours. You can't build yeah. a SAS in eight hours. And, but you can finish a lot of important tasks. So let's get the most important things knocked out of the way and then congratulate yourself for that amount of work you got done. You know, don't mm-hmm. beat yourself up <laughs> that you didn't finish the whole damn elephant. You took six, six bites today or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, I definitely have this. It, it, it's worse now than it was before. Uh, with, yeah, I'll sit in front of the computer and just not do anything for three hours. Yeah. And that's horrible. And that's a ton of time. That could be whatever. Yeah. Um, and so what I've started doing is I have a, uh, I've been using Simple Note lately. Uh, so it's like an Evernote kind of deal. Okay. Um, and I have a, a list, a, a note in there that's always kind of running. And it's just, what do I want to do today? Yeah. And I typically only get one or two things done off the list. But then at the end of the day, I'll go and add a couple more things and re, re sort of prioritize them. So, you know, the list right now is seven things long. Um, and yeah, and tomorrow I'll get a couple done off them and I'll probably add a couple more. But at least when I sit down at the beginning of the day, I go and I look at the the daily to-do list. And I, I typically tackle like an easy one first and then the really hard one after that. Yeah. So it's it's stupid, right? I mean, it's it's literally, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sticky note, you know? Yeah. But it's, it, it's almost elegant in that uh there's no complexity it's tough to avoid i mean it's an app that runs right on my desktop that's always open um yeah it's i think with your sticky note you're right on just just have a sticky note every day and just put two or three things on it and feel good about getting two or three things done yeah so especially this time of year it's tough right you got you you know it's the week before christmas there's always more shit to do yeah so cool man well i'm gonna get to it it's uh it's beer 30 here yeah it is i'll uh yeah i'll catch up with you next week all righty
And there you have it. That was episode 51 of the Nights and Weekends podcast with Ken Wallace and Craig Hewitt. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review or drop us a note on Twitter, send us an email, or drop us a comment on our website at www.nightsandweekendspodcast.com slash episode 51. Thanks a lot, everyone, and we'll talk to you next time.